golden sun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Flashed, a Flash Flashed. Gordon fancast. Wow. Not associated with Ezra this Miller. This has been exactly, this has been like, what, like two years in the making now since our first, like, beginnings conception of the idea? The voice you're hearing now is the voice of Alexander Peters, a visionary behind Flashed. Um, I think me and Alexander first spoke. A few years ago, we said, wouldn't it be great if we watched an episode of Flash Gordon, the hit 1980 film, uh, once a week uh, for forever, for the rest of our life? Mm-hmm. And this isn't this isn't a totally unique idea to us. But at the same time, I've been scouring the Internet and I haven't found anyone who's done this with Flash Gordon before. And I feel like that is an entirely missed opportunity. Uh, so I am uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm a little bit terrified. Uh, but and I, this... you got to say, I think we're on the cutting edge of uh, white guys doing movie podcasts. Exactly. I think this is the... <laughs> you know, this isn't this an is... oversaturated market at all. I think this we... is dynamic. This is something new. <laughs> I, I think I think we're uh, setting ourselves up for success, man. At the end of the day, this is just uh, it's just a fun project, right? This is just a fun project. Uh, how do we how do we want to start? Should we just like go through the movie and like talk about like why it's actually so incredible yeah so you sent me actually something uh earlier today that i had no idea before like apparently um flash gordon the majority of his lines had been dubbed throughout the entirety of the film which is just which is like honestly so stunning right like because you would never like there's a lot of things about the production that are like kind of goofy really silly like a lot of like you know like moments of overacting and like little visual problems but you would never notice that the entire film is, or almost the entire main character has been totally dubbed over. I know. That's it's, insane. It was, yeah. That's crazy. I, I could have gone this entire journey without ever noticing that. Um, and that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Sam J. Jones just kind of was upset that he didn't get paid enough or something like that. Or it was, yeah. And so now his lines are just dubbed over by another actor. I it, like I I is there any I don't know if there's any other film that's ever done this. Like not just, that can I you know imagine of. a Tom Cruise movie and they just covered up Tom Cruise the whole time. It's just with Tom like Hanks. another voice actor <laughs> with Tom Hanks. Oh, okay, yeah, I would yeah. watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Um that okay, so the the film starts on uh, a beautiful shot of the planet Earth. And you immediately have this like amazing uh like spaceship splash screen. And Emperor Ming says, uh, "What was the guy? What's the guy's name? Clytus? Clytus, the uh, spy master." Uh, just one second. I actually have the cast list uh, right up here. That's um, okay. We edit out dead air. It's fine. No, this is authentic. Keep it in. No, keep keep it in. Do not roll, cut it. Keep it live. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Zogi, the high priest. No, was it's not Zogi. 
Oh, General Clytus. Yeah, okay, there he is. Uh, it's just an old black and white photo, so I didn't... Or I guess, actually, should we should we do, uh, before we dive into what the actual plot of this film is, should we, like, to, for, for people who've assumedly... I mean, if you're listening to this, you had to have heard of Flash Gordon at some point, but assumedly, there is a demographic of people, and I'd say probably the majority of our generation and younger at this point, that have no idea what this film is. Yeah, we're going to change that. Yeah, exactly. That, <laughs> that's we're gonna put it. We're going to cut it off. We're going to put it on TikTok and we're going to change. We're going to change it. Yeah. So basically everything that was fun about the Taika Waititi Thor movies, uh, but just happened, just imagine it uh, 40 years earlier uh, and um, about a football star in space instead of a god of thunder. <laughs> this movie is so fucking good. Oh, can we swear in this? Is this a family podcast or not? Okay, this movie is so f- fucking good. But I mean, should we uh, should we go back to the start and just you know like talk talk over the rough flow of the film, or what, how should we how should we dissect this? I think that's a good idea. I think we should like I I've written down some talking points that stood out to me through this last watch through uh, of mine to, that I just kind of wanted to touch base on. Uh, but we can work from the beginning and just like what what stood out to you and uh, to each of us uh, respectively as we, as we just kind of readied ourselves and just see what pops up differently with each um, respective watch through. Mm. And overall, I gotta say like something I always, I'm always shocked by when I look this movie up online, it's got like kind of like very uh, mid reviews. Like the reviews are, you know, there's a lot of like six out of tens, mm-hmm. you know, five out of tens, and I'm always kind of shocked. I'm like, I know it's kind of dated. And I found that when I watched it this time, I was like, I feel like this movie is aging into a better score. Like something about being an old movie like this, it's like it's almost coming back around into being like cutting edge and sort of like weird surrealist comedy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I get what you're saying. Because it does like... I think we can agree that when this film was first made, at no point was any of it made ironically or anything like that. It was This was a genuine test to try and create a fantasy space epic. Uh, and I think it still stands out like that. But even with like uh, 2022 glasses on, uh, it feels like it does. You do have that tongue in cheek vibe, right? Uh, and almost like it knows what it's doing, which is weird. You don't always get that. Um, but what I've found with what I have looked online is like the people who like this movie really like this movie. It is a uh, it's seen as a cult classic, and I think so for a reason. Um, but like, I guess starting off, what uh, you were talking about at the beginning of this movie, Ming is like uh, honing in on the Earth and talking about like he's asking questions about it. Um, what I thought was buck wild and still like always stands out to me when I watch it is the the fact that his panel literally of buttons just says earthquake, volcanic eruption, hurricane, and he just has these very specific tools in his toolkit to cause mayhem. It's not mystical, it's not magical, it's just like volcanoes, and it just happens. And I just love the aesthetic of, I, I don't know what you call it, like, you blend like high uh, you blend like weird fantasy with like ultra sci-fi like ming's got a space laser that um you know fries planets and moons but at the same time like when they go to war they they beat each other with clubs and shit it's, exactly. i don't know it's such a it's such an endearing 
I mean, it's very Star Wars, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you have lightsabers and you have space lasers. Did you know, actually, sorry to keep going off the topic. I read that George Lucas wanted to get the rights to make a Flash Gordon film. He couldn't get the rights. So instead, he made a little uh, a little indie film called Star Wars A New Hope really you know the comic so the movie i don't think the the movie didn't influence um blah, blah, blah. the movie didn't influence uh star wars but like the comics and whatever heavily influenced uh george lucas and you can definitely see the i don't know there's definitely there's definitely a connection yeah 100 percent. if you say that that yeah that totally makes sense to me i did not know that he made it because he couldn't get the rights to it though uh, the world would look very different if he could have gotten those rights, I suppose, because Star Wars is a franchise that uh, is a beast that will not stop eating at this point. Sorry, are you still there? Oh, sorry, I cut out. It's all good. I feel like we are we are recording this on opposite ends of the world, so uh, Discord is only so reliable. There are points where uh, it kind of cuts in and cuts out, but we make do. <laughs> We make do, and we're going to deliver this podcast to thousands of adoring fans. Thousands. We've seen you guys in the Reddits. We've seen you guys in the Twitter sphere. And we're um, here to you know, see... thank you, fans, for coming out. Exactly. We're we are supplying a niche demographic that has not been catered to in years. And I'm just going to say right now, this is top top three Flash Gordon fan casts ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go into top two in the next few months, and then top one within the year. So exactly. And then you'll never hear from us again. You'll never hear from us again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was uh what when you were watching through it this time? What what like jumped out at you at the beginning of the movie? You just thought this is ridiculous. You loved it. Like just I don't know. Because for me, I was I, when I was watching through it, and Zarkov pulls out his fucking gun on his assistant. Uh, that was that always gets me every single time, right? Because he's just standing there. He's talk. He's trying. To, there's a, there's a moment, I guess, for the listener. Where the scientist named Zarkov, he's basically the whole setup to his character arc is NASA is talking. He's been excommunicated from NASA because he had plans and ideas that uh, he thought that the world is going to be attacked by aliens. And he gets some readings that say, he's right. Huzzah. And (laughs) uh, his uh, assistant's like, this is terrifying. I'm not coming with you on this rocket ship to go and fight these aliens. Uh, So he tries to run away. And Zarkov, who's painted to be one of the good guys in this film, uh, just pulls out a pistol on the guy. And he says, no, you're coming with me. Uh, and it's just the way it's framed. He's standing there and then a gun just kind of rises into frame. And it takes you like two seconds to register it. And I just thought, oh, I love it so much. But it's so... so I mean, Zarkov is a hero, right? He's willing to pay... He, Zarkov is willing to pay the price to for uh, human for the for the survival of the human race. You know, he's not going to let a little thing like uh, individual choice or personal liberty get in his way. And and also, uh, so the the actor who plays Zarkov always also played hit um, hit lead character from Fiddler on the Roof, uh, Reb Tevia. Reb Tevia, that that's correct. Yeah, I was. And, uh... It just shines through, like mm-hmm. yeah. If you every ever... moment is just incredible. You know, you just feel that Reb Tavia, that da 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 da. 
if uh yeah if you've ever seen the film production of fiddler on the roof yes uh same guy and i'm just waiting for him to burst into song every time he's on screen um but i i gotta say without without zarkov i don't think this film would have been as i mean he's he's definitely a key pillar of the dynamic between what's going on here right Definitely. And maybe I, I might be springing this too early, but I think maybe it's the time we take a little aside. I have a little um, show game plan for us. I call Ooh. it uh, best actor, worst actor. And I think uh, both of mine are in this scene right now. Okay. Best, best actor of the entire film for me at this watching, definitely Zarkov. He just, really? everything is just flair, fun mm-hmm. and, and you know at the end when he escapes from the uh whatever ming's palace and he's like do you know how i escaped being brainwashed i was reciting shakespeare da, da, da. you know he's so fun he's the yeah. light of the film um why don't you go why don't you say your best actor and then i'll go to my worst actor yeah of course i love this my, my favorite actor uh he's a character introduced about probably like halfway into the film uh prince baron uh mm. timothy dalton does such a great job uh with uh just i don't know just the fact that like he's established by talking to ming's daughter and calling her a bitch right away <laughs> and i'm just like but also she's his betrothed so it's like he, he's just he's got he's got such balls on the man and uh he just becomes a very uh valued member of the party and i think the dude does a great job i liked i like him he he acts circles around everyone else in this movie. Like he, it's <laughs> honestly though. And okay, now Alexander, who's who's the worst actor in this movie for you? Uh, so I, I wonder if we're gonna say the same person. I'm excited to see this. That yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I the, the I I don't I don't want to say I don't want to say Flash Gordon. I don't want to <gasps> say Flash Gordon. No, you uh, can't. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like he's a character who's supported by the people around him. And he plays, I guess he does what he does fairly well. Because he's like, he's doughy eyed looking around this incredible world that he's in. And he does the innocent hero very well. Um, mm. But he also has some, I mean, the writing doesn't really help him either. Because he has some lines where he's just like, we should team up and defeat Ming. Uh, if I die, promise me you'll team up with with uh, Voltan and fight Ming. Exactly. And that's a hard sell for any actor. And he does the best he can. Well, I guess he's dubbed, so I don't know if he does the best he can. Uh, but he, uh, if it wasn't, if he wasn't the main title card, uh, I would probably say Sam J. Jones. Um, but if not Sam J. Jones then um my second pick would probably be um oh i'm going through the cast in my head right now sam day jones is a good pick i he uh i mean it's kind of like luke skywalker where you're sort of your main character is a you know the blank sheet of paper that the film is projected on exactly exactly yeah you get it uh, what was your what was your pick um i think you're gonna agree with this one dale Dale is just <laughs> the actress who plays Dale is another I wouldn't call her a blank sheet of paper, I would call her a piece of plywood. And I know I, I know some of it too is the writing, the 
go flash go that oh my um, goodness that's one of the things i, I, I wrote love, down <laughs> which is so funny and i love it and it was all improvised too that whole the uh that whole scene was oh my that, goodness that that cheer was all improvised and it's great but she is like like no emotion nothing no and there's no magic there's no spark she's just kind of like flash da 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 we're engaged she we was... have 14 hours to save the earth yeah but I, I would I would agree. She was she was gonna be my other person, but I didn't want to pick the leading lady as my least favorite actor. <laughs> it's easier to say man and the leading yeah. lady. I yeah. I've gotta say and like it's the same thing as and everyone around her is like talking about her, like, you know, she's this most fascinating woman in the world. She's the most beautiful woman in the world. She's you know, the Emperor Ming has to have her. He has mm-hmm. to be married to her. Everyone's crazy about her. And I'm like, Really? Like she's pretty. Dale? But <laughs> She's like, well, that, that, that leads me to my, one of my first questions about Dale, because yes, her and Flash, they meet on a plane that's flying when the attack from Ming comes. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's where they meet for the first time about, we can safely say less than an hour later, they're on a spaceship flying into space, unconscious, holding hands, not because they're scared. Uh, it's definitely a romantic thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a slow motion, like, space opera. It's, like, very, very cute and very sweet. Um, And my my question is, like, when they're, uh, regarding Dale, when they first get there, she runs, she runs forward to approach Ming, and he holds out, like, a magical aura that en- envelops her body. And she's, like, she's, she... Her she she freezes in it and kind of moves her arms around in a way which I didn't entirely understand. It felt like it was a weird pleasure thing, but I wasn't certain. Uh, and Zar and um not Zarkov Ming's talking. He he's like, have you ever seen anyone respond in such a way? And they talk about like, no, I've never seen that. And I was just sitting there thinking, what is she responding to? What is she feeling? And what does this mean? Because it, it kind of, it leaves it open to interpretation. And I was just, I, I, it just felt like I didn't know what she was experiencing and why it was so special. And I figured that was the cornerstone of why he had to have her, but I didn't get what she was responding to, you know? Hmm. I feel like my interpretation of that moment is kind of like, because even Flash is like, wow, Dale, that was. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> yeah, I think she's kind of like. Oh, she's so sexy under Ming's control or something like that. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Yeah. And I was very yeah. very bikini princess Leia. Exactly, right? And the dude's like, she even responds to it more than your daughter. Uh and yeah. <laughs> which which made it a little weirder, you know? And that's definitely something that's like, is are, are is this uh is this bad writing? Is this an old movie or is it is he intentionally a evil weirdo creep? Little and probably a, all little column B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, you're looking you know, at half dozen to one, six to the other. Yeah, yeah. Um, in that same scene, before, before the awesome football fight, um, what's the Birdman's name again? Um, Voltan. Voltan. Yeah, he he gets threatened by Ming while he's facing off. With another, uh, uh, was it, uh, was it Prince Baron? I, I it was Baron. They were they Baron? were fighting in the uh, in the chamber because of a right. He stole a moon rock or something. Right, stole... and Ming threatens his daughter. Does she ever show up again, or is she just there to be threatened? 
Yeah, she never shows up again. So is she like in the Imperial Palace or yeah? Because I was watching she a hostage or I immediately took note of that because uh yeah, Voltan and Baron are facing off in the middle of this grand hall, and Baron's willing to stand down. Voltan is not, and Ming threatens him. He's like, "If you do not stop, I will destroy your daughter." And I was like, "Okay." Take a note. Is she going to show up again or is she just the threat? Is she just like hostage or whatever? Uh, but I don't think I ever saw her again. So this is why, Alexander, we needed to shell at the big box for the 40th anniversary um, Flash Gordon box set, DVD box set. Because apparently this movie has a ton of cut, deleted scenes, alternate scenes and stuff that never made it in. There was also like a lot of story stuff that was cut out. Like I think because this movie, this run, the movie's like fairly long at two hours. Mm-hmm. But I think even there was supposed to be a rivalry between Clytus and his secret police general, um, the brainwashing lady that they kind of, there was like a little bit of subtext where, you know, he said, don't, don't give, uh, don't give Zarkov clearance above level three. And then he leaves and she's like, Give him level six clearance. Yeah, yeah. So there's a little bit of subtext of their uh, rivalry, but I think we can, you know, I think, you know, part of this investigation of the film is we can just really dig into it and, and yeah. really start to, you know, build this world out. I, I would, uh, as soon as you mentioned that, because I hadn't heard of this, I frantically started Googling. The first thing that pops up uh, is the Flash Gordon 40th anniversary 4K UHD collector's edition. Uh, for $440. I definitely found cheaper ones on Amazon. <laughs> we can do it for yeah. cheaper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I, uh, I don't know if I want to shell that out at this particular moment. Uh, <laughs> but it is. And it's that's, a, okay, guys. It's time for us to plug our Patreon. <laughs> um, uh, please support this so we can buy cool things. Please support um, this. If, uh, although, I will say, it does come with a lot of cool things. I'm looking at five separate discs. A bunch of postcards uh, from different places, Flash Gordon visits, um, several flip books with, I assume... Exclusive... And there's behind the scenes? Yeah. And, and there's commentary. Commentary and a comic book as well. So, <gasps> yeah. As well as the original soundtrack music by Queen. Oh, so good. And that's another part of what makes this movie... Oh, I'm all over the place. I mean, do we? Do you want to... <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll throw the reins back to you. I'm just a, I'm a wild boy jumping all over the place. I mean, we're both learning this as it goes, right? We neither of us have done conversational podcasts before. It's true. We've neither of us have done flashcast um, before. Uh, something else about this movie that I am so enamored by, and also this kind of aged into, or it might have always been cool, but aged into being better. The costumes are unironically fantastic they are very good yeah i was reading some trivia so you have all these to set the stage this is sort of ming rules mongo which is the emperor throne empire emperor's throne world and it's inside a black hole called the imperial vortex and floating islands rotate mongo and that's where all the factions live and he keeps the factions fighting each other so that they don't rebel against Ming. And all the factions have unironically badass costumes. For example, Ray, Ming's Royal Guard has uh, a sort of a red, or actually a lot like the Star Wars Imperial Guard, a lot of like red and gold. They have like gold 
metal like robot-esque face masks oh yeah there's that um, they have the uh red troopers with like dog faces um that's kind of cool as well um but yeah the costume department really went all out and i feel like that's where a lot of the budget probably went for this film uh is is those costumes right and also to to, to further push this point Apparently, Emperor Ming's costume was so heavy. Apparently, that costume was a 70-pound costume. He has this uh, almost, you know, sort of uh, jeweled breastplate type of thing. He has a big, I don't know what you would call it, like the cape, the emperor hood cape thing that kind of goes behind his head. Like a giant uh, emperor collar. It's got jewels on it. Apparently, it was 70 pounds, so they had to take it off and on, like, constantly. Like between scenes, they always had to like take him out of it because he couldn't stand with it. And speaking of not standing with costumes, you know who else couldn't uh, sit with their costumes was the Birdmen. So the Birdmen are big, oh, strong, yeah. buff dudes with um, wings strapped on. Literally, yeah, they, they look, look amazing. Like, yeah, they're they there's i don't even yeah it's just leather all over their bodies with uh with the torso of and their torso is almost entirely exposed underneath this leather plating right and just massive wings behind them think um uh think what's his name uh 300 who directed think Zack snyder's 300 meets um wings that's what these guys look like Mm-hmm. And those costumes were so uncomfortable because they couldn't sit down with them because the wings would like pierce into their back. So to rest, the birdmen had to lie flat on their stomachs on the floor uh, on the soundstage. Oh, no. How funny is that shit? See, this Man. is why this movie is incredible. You uh, you did your research. I was, uh, like I said, the costumes are unironically excellent. They are very speaking good. Speaking of other, other costumes... The Clytus mask I was struck by. I need to find... Well, first of all, we need to buy the Clytus mask somehow. We need to... I know this is probably worth millions of dollars. But um, it's oh. an MF Doom style gold metal mask. So it makes makes me wonder, like, where is... What's the inspiration for this beautiful thing? It is uh, It is a piece of art. I will say that. Um, it's not, I, I, I will tell you this. I found a... Uh, one on etsy for seven dollars and 76 cents is it authentic no it's not authentic <laughs> is it authentic <laughs> uh hold up flash gordon's screen used general clitus mask want to get let's let's play a little game here let's uh guess how much it's selling for it, okay but it's a, is it a prop like is it a fake prop or is it an authentic prop was it on camera it says screen used General Clytus mask. Screen Dino De Laurentiis, used, um, Universal $10,000. It comes with a, uh, uh, lo- you're looking at a little bit more than that. Um, you're looking at $15,938. That's achievable. That's, uh, that's under an annual salary. Oh, this isn't for sale currently. It was sold on July 21st, 2018. Fuck. Well, there you go. <laughs> oh man. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna find this guy. Who and who is the voice of the Clytus? No, sorry. I'm 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 taking too much of this show. You're back, taking back nothing. To you, Alexander. Peter Wingard uh was General Clytus. Um 
I haven't really seen him in many other things. Uh, I don't think, unless I'm just an idiot. Uh, but no, that's um, I was uh, my next note here was the "Go Flash Go" chant from uh, Dale uh, during the football scene, uh, <laughs> uh, where she's just moving her arms up and down. Uh, I did not know that was improvised. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there was maybe for just for the listeners, you should just outline that whole fight and, and kind of what goes down. Yeah. Uh, so the first when when Flash, Zarkov and Dale wind up on um, what, where is like, I, I don't know these places names. Um, it, Ming's Fortress. They basically wind up be, being brought into this evil emperor Ming's Fortress and to his grand hall. And uh immediately flash has decided that he's going to stand up to ming and uh be a voice for everyone else zarkov says these people are um just screaming to rebel uh when (laughs) really they haven't seen any people yet aside from soldiers and he's very willing to voice this very loudly in front of these soldiers uh and so he's got this in flash's head right and so flash goes forward and uh, he's upset with like how people are being treated, and um, I'm forgetting chronologically if Dale is confronted by Ming before this. But what ha- winds up happening is because Flash Gordon's a football player on Earth, uh, he he winds up fighting a bunch of Ming's soldiers, and he beats them up with the power of football. Uh, he he gets like a. a alien ball object in his hands and he's like beating people up with it and he's charging them uh and he at one point i think he shouts fourth down or something like that uh and it was it's 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 truly a treat to watch if you haven't watched this movie and are never going to watch this movie just just go on youtube look up flash gordon football fight scene it's really beautiful and while he's doing this dale is standing on the sidelines and she's cheering for him. You'll hear like, yeah, Flash, go, Flash, every once in a while. Except for one scene where the camera's on a trolley and moving to the side, uh, to the left. And as she's walking with it, so it's a, it gets a weird sports announcer type feel to it. And the entire time, she her, her arms are at her sides and her elbows move up and down as she claps saying, go, Flash, go. And it's the most awkward thing I've ever seen an actor do. And I'm so surprised they kept that in the final cut because I'm so happy, though, because that I think that sets a tone for what this film is. Yeah, you you definitely get like uh, that. It conveys we are here to have fun. We're not taking ourselves too seriously. But at the same time, it just looks clowny. You know, it's just it's just a goofball. So I think maybe that brings me to uh, my next my next podcast bit, uh, if you're ready for this. And that is, um, what's your favorite line from this watching? Because I have two favorite lines that I absolutely love. Okay. Love. Okay. My first one is from this film, or sorry, from this scene. And it's from this film, of course, from the scene where um, the all the Imperial Guards are fighting Flash Gordon and they're and they're being beaten you know they're getting the shit beat out of them and emperor ming signals to his commander clytus and clytus comes over and he says clytus are your men on the right pills <laughs> <laughs> that is very good so funny i don't know why it's always in my head whenever i i don't know whenever you take an advil in the morning i think i'm 
Are, are my metal in the red pills? I, I, I actually didn't take note of that one. I'll have to look for it again this next time around. Um, but it's interesting how different people take different things from it, you know? Because, like, my favorite line from this particular watching wasn't said, but it was written. Um, and I, I'm wondering if you can pick up what I'm thinking already. But when, when Zarkov and um, Baron are being held captive in Ming's fortress in shackles and blindfolded. Yes! Yes, I know what this is. Uh, Right next to Zarkov's body, painted on the wall in presumably blood, um, is red lettering that says, Long live Flash. And it's... I saw that. I had to pause it because I had to figure out what was going on there. And I mean, the only thing I think of is that it's blood because it is red, but it's a very neon red. Um, but it it is the most bizarre graffiti placement I've ever seen. And it's so funny. It's really, <laughs> it's really good. And they're also shackled up. So it begs the question, you know, who, who painted Long Live Flash? Was it a... Uh... Is there an unseen prisoner? Is there, uh, or maybe they painted it and that's why they got shackled up? You know, what's the prison? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's entirely possible. Or if they're tied up, what appendage did they use to do the graffiti? Other questions. All these things. Oh, long penis. (laughs) I mean, I was going to say feet, but yeah, that works too. Or feet. (laughs) Same difference. What was your favorite scene for this movie? Like from this watch through, this time around? What were you like? You something that you're like, okay, I'm going to have to watch this movie again, but I can't wait to get here. Um, visually, I gotta say, a scene that I never really remembered but really loved is where they actually this one's kind of a cop because it's not that campy or funny. But when they when they go to execute Flash Gordon for the first time, um, and they and the know, gas chamber, this, they put him in a gas chamber and close it, and then they have this like really nice looking like yellow gas, and the chamber fills up. It looks like such a nice shot mm-hmm. and it's like really cool and everybody's you know, freaking out. And then Ming looks over at um, Dale and he says, you know, there's water falling from her eyes. What is this? <laughs> you know, it's such a funny scene. And then right after that, they go to the uh, the morgue and there's a huge sign like etched in stone and says, whatever, here lies Earthling Flash Gordon executed by Ming. That's my favorite scene. What's yours? I just, I'll, I'll jump to mine in a moment, but that's actually so funny that you bring up that scene up because I did want to talk about the fact that Dale is a Mary Sue in the largest sense of the phrase, right? Because mm-hmm. she exists solely to support Flash Gordon. There is one scene where she fights, but there's another scene where she pillow fights. So she is whatever the director wants her to be. Um, and in that scene where she's watching Flash be poisoned in the gas chamber, immediately after his body goes limp, she faints in such an exaggerated way. And I and she's like, I don't want to just shit on Dale this entire show because she does some really good stuff. But like at the same time, she throws her whole body to the side and she passes out. And I'm like, I've never actually seen maybe it might have been a staple of films at the time. But I haven't seen like um, fainting used unironically in films for like ever. I don't think. Um, but it, I've I've seen it used as a joke. But this was this is like immediately as soon as I saw that I thought that was 
okay this is this is this is funny again um but as far as my favorite scene goes i'd probably have to pick um i mean i love anything with my boy baron in it right Mm -hmm. uh so when flash and the baron are standing outside of uh um when baron tricks flash to come into the temple and they're standing next to the wood beast uh stump there's a point in this dear listener there's a point inside this this temple on this planet for these tree people where they have this um this ritual, once you come of age, you're supposed to put your hand in the stump of many holes. You choose a passage. If you put your hand in it, uh, this creature may or may not sting you. And if it does, you die. And Baron says, Flash, you have to put choose uh, choose a passage. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And Baron effectively says, coward. <laughs> yes. And Flash is like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and baron's like you're pathetic and flash is like fine i'm doing it <laughs> exactly that's literally all it takes he's like he's just like you're pathetic and flash is like yes okay let's go and then they do the trial together and that, i just love that scene so much this and this just goes to serve that earlier point that you know dale um and flash are more conduits into this larger um imperial world you know they they are i think they fade into the background in most scenes they're in mm-hmm. except for the football fight scene where except for the football fight scene yep they they come out you know they come to the front but most of them looking at the the larger world the other characters they're so much more interesting and in depth and you know that's where the real you know that's where the real drama is exactly i think they're just like they are our tour guides taking us on this this experience of seeing this crazy world um and it's the colorful cast of characters that we're here to see it's his name vulcan vulcan not vulcan i have such a hard time i have vulcan there i have such a hard time remembering his name i don't know why whenever he's on screen you know it's going to be a good time because he does such a good job and uh his laugh is so infectious right vulcan yes he does this (laughs) yeah and it's 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 i'm always so happy when he's on screen uh, and I just, I could never get an, too much of him. At what point does Flash say, save it for our kids? Um, because it felt too early. <laughs> oh, yes. Because he <laughs> proposes to her, right? Or he's like... That's how he proposes. He says, save it for our kids. Oh, yeah. She's like, Dale says, Flash, I have... This is after she was uh, imprisoned by Ming. Mm-hmm. Um, and almost... I don't know. There's some weird imperial... Sla- sex slave stuff it looked like sex that... slave stuff like yeah he she's given a beverage that says it'll make her nights with ming less dreadful um which kind of makes you go ooh, oh no yeah very princess leia very uh bikini princess leia-esque yeah um but she comes back and the first thing she says to flash is boy flash i have a story for you to which he says save it for our kids <laughs> which is a great story to share with your children Mm-hmm. very fun yeah very uh awesome but she does actually blast she does blast a lot of imperial guards you know she these does. guys so and this is you can see the the um storm even though star wars came out before this there's a lot of imperial trooper um inspiration here you know these these guys can't hit anything can't hit the broadside of a barn and dale just kind of runs through them like blasting half the imperial army on her way out of the city 
Which yeah. kind of begs the question of, you know, why, uh, you know, it makes me think that these other leaders are incredibly pathetic if, you know, they need one Earthling to show up and teach them how to work together and rebel. You know, none of these uh, other kind of factional commanders are very good at politics, I think. Well, it's also treated as a very, like, they they treat human ideas and concepts as very unique uh, mm-hmm. throughout this movie. Because uh, there there is one point where, I forget what the context was, but Dale is one of the good guys in this film. Uh, but she says something that, that does not feel like a good guy line. And I'm trying to remember, I didn't write it down. Um, but it was something along the lines of she's talking to Ming's daughter and she says, no, I have to keep my word. Keeping our word is what makes us better than you. Uh, and she uses <laughs> she uses the words us better than you. And I'm like, wow, huh, that made it past the first draft, huh? <laughs> yeah, the writing doesn't always the writing sometimes slips a little bit. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, so Alexander, we're getting kind of into the. We're getting deep into the. Uh, I'm looking at about 45, 44 ish minutes. Well, oh, you know, wow. when we cut it, when we cut out the dead air, it might be more like fifteen. Um, but I think should we start sifting to the good stuff? Yeah, yeah. Should we start uh, maybe like kind of angling towards the end of this uh, this film and kind of how the end uh, breaks down? Yeah, I think that sounds good to me. Um, so essentially we have, uh, Flash has decided very early on, right? That he wants to bring all of these factions together to team up and beat Ming. Uh, and so he starts doing that one by one, right? He brings in, uh, the Baron. Uh, the only way he convinces him though is by saving his life instead of killing him while he's forced to fight him to the death. Uh, which I will say that scene leaves me in awe every time I see it. Like him mm. and Baron fighting on that spike platform, and that's tilting left and right. I mean, like, it 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 clearly wasn't choreographed. Like, this is something that they're just kind of play fighting on this platform. But there's no stunt doubles, and these uh these spikes are moving in and out of the ground, and they're for the most part avoiding them, and they're whipping at each other, and that's very cool to see. It, it when you watch on a rewatch, it definitely makes you like look because I mean, obviously there's no CGI, and you're definitely looking like. Is this kind of like, is this maybe kind of sketchy? I mean, I, on, on closer mm-hmm. look, it looks like some of the spikes might be like, uh, like foam mm-hmm. or something like that. But I don't know. It kind of makes you go like, huh? I that was what I was thinking. Maybe they too. are really in deep space. That thought crossed my mind. That like, I wonder if they signed all of the necessary waivers to do this scene the way they're doing it, uh, because it does genuinely feel like they're at at least in some level of danger with how hard they're whipping these whips at each other, um, mm-hmm. and they're standing on opposite ends of the platform whenever they whip at each other. But still, things can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're probably right with the foam spikes. But yeah, they fight there. Flash saves baron from falling off the edge and that that is the moment where baron decides i'm with you to the end uh and uh then volton flees once ming's men show up and he's given a chance to join him join flash and the gang again after uh after everyone thinks flash is dead right there was something in there what was it um at some point, Ming offers Flash a kingdom of his own. This part I forgot in the uh, from my first rewatching, but I think this is actually such a cool scene where he says, "You know, Gordon, you're a hero. Why don't you?" He basically says something to the effect of, "You know, why don't you rule Earth for me?" You know, as a 
you know, as a as a one of my lords, why don't you rule Earth for me? I'm like, that's kind of kind of such a cool scene because it's just the two of them alone in the palace, mm-hmm. and Ming's kind of like, you know, be my be my lord, you know, I'll I'll treat you, I'll, tr- I'll treat you well. And to me, I the thought crosses my mind is you know maybe there's a world where this is a good deal for Flash because you know he's take he's, he's taking a lot of risk and rebelling, and he could just you know be a lord of Earth and. Everyone will be fine. Well, uh, maybe fine in quotations. In quote, yeah, he does. He does straight up say that like they will want less or be content with less because he's going to turn people into drones. Badass line. He says, "Yeah, will they be okay?" And the emperor says, uh, "You know, they will be. They will be satisfied with less." I'm like, "Oh, that's that, such a good line." Yeah, as much as I've been shitting on the writing, that 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 scene I think was written really, really well. Um, I feel like the writers really enjoyed taking care of that one because I, and what's the actor who plays Ming? What's his name? Um, Max von Sydow. He, he does such a good job here where he's, he looks, he looks so amused when he's talking to flash and everything he's done. He doesn't actually like see him as a threat. He's looking at flash. He gives him this offer and then when he says no, he's not surprised. He's just kind of, oh, that's disappointing. Uh, I had hoped you'd make another decision, but that's fine. I can still go about my day. And he just does such a good job. And then he leaves. And after that, um, Flash has assembled his team. And he makes a beeline towards the uh, to Ming's fortress. And we have an epic battle between the Hawkmen and and uh ming's forces and once they get a massive ship under their control they go proceed to fly it straight into ming's fortress where zarkov and baron are tasked with the responsibility to take down the lightning field so that the ship can actually make contact with the fortress all the while dale is agreed to be married to ming and that was her deal she she vowed to be a good wife so that oh why did she do it again was it so zarkov could live or he he she says that he promised ming would let uh zarkov and baron live if she married him right and she was and that's where she says you know i have to keep my word because (laughs) and then two minutes later uh they're in the dungeon and ming's like execute them yeah, Which I don't know why she would think Ming was reputable because he's never done anything. He's never been nice. He literally calls himself Ming the Merciless. So I don't know if what you could expect from this guy. Well, the the princess also tells her like my father's not going to keep her word, and she and that's where she makes her stand. She's like, well, that doesn't matter because I have to keep mine because uh, I gave my word. So she's willingly knowing that he's not going to agree not going to help but she's choosing to go through with it anyways because she's standing by her principles which i guess you can respect Mm -hmm. um and during this wedding this epic battle is happening the lightning field goes down and we just hear flash and that awesome soundtrack comes in as he crashes the ship through the massive glass windows and at the front of the ship naturally is what's essentially a giant lance um, that impales the Dark Lord through the chest. And we have this awesome scene of Ming looking down at this protrusion with green slime as he pulls himself off of it. 
and he has to face Flash as Flash says, it's over. And uh, we see Ming fall, but he doesn't die. He looks like he's about to use magic or whatever it is he uses on Flash, but he turns his ring on himself and kind of is illuminated by a aura. And it it's kind of eluded by the way the magic retracts back into the ring that he winds up inside it. At least that's what I took from that. That's what it looks like. I think you're right. It's kind of like he uses the ring to quote unquote vaporize himself, Emperor Ming, or like puts himself into the ring. It's very uh, Sauron mm-hmm. ring of power-esque of, you know, I'm, well, skipping ahead. Should, should I skip ahead? To, uh, should I skip ahead to the, the end card right away? Of course. And yeah, do it. So, I mean, basically, it, again, I don't know. I keep comparing this movie to Star Wars, but, you know, they do the... You know, the Emperor say the Empire is safe. We're heroes. We'll live in peace. Earth is safe. Yada yada. Everyone gets a medal, basically, even though they might not. Um, but same feeling. And then we cut to there's a picture. There's an image of Ming's ring on the ground. It's a very. It's a beautiful giant ruby, and there's like a silver dragon or something around it, um, and it's on the ground. And then it says the end over top of it, and then it a hand reaches into frame and picks up the ring. And then there's a little question mark on the end of the end. So it's like the end. And then the ring is pulled from the screen, which is such a badass. And you hear the sound of Ming, you know, doing a, you know, evil cackle, which is such a badass way to end a movie like this. Mm-hmm. And it makes me, cause like, it's inevitable that we're going to get another Flash Gordon movie. It's going to happen. With the way companies are buying up IPs left and right, we're going to get some form of Flash Gordon again. I would love to see not a reboot, but just a direct sequel to this film. That uh, would be. It doesn't need so... to be the si- it doesn't need to be the same cast forty years later. I just want to see the next bit uh, of this story. I feel like that would be so fun to see. That would be so. I mean, I do feel very cynical, like seeing the way that you know the the modern day, like you know, there's just all this like nostalgia bait, '80s properties being oh, yeah. shit out for whatever. So I feel like um, I don't know. I'm not sure if there's a universe where any Flash Gordon sequel does justice, or maybe they, somebody gets it right, and maybe it's just fun and silly and goofy and you know interesting. But my hope, my hopes aren't high. If someone were to make it and try to make it a dark, gritty, serious thing, that wouldn't be Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. It would just... Uh, it's like making Star Wars dark and gritty. Star Wars is always goofy. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked here. No, no you're Star not getting Wars sidetracked. Talk. This is about... Uh, this is our feelings about the movie and what we uh, compare it to, right? Uh, but uh, thank you so much, everyone, for joining on us on, on this little adventure. Um into what i can only assume is going to be madness but who knows we might find enlightenment on the other end of this uh tunnel no just as a final uh taste test well after this viewing what would you rate this film out of 100 and you know in one or two sentences tell me why rating this film out of 100 i like this a lot um i would probably give this a solid I'm going to use this scale as how I feel watching the movie. And I'm going to say 80 out of a hundred because the entire time I'm watching this movie, I am 
I'm, I'm having a really good time. It's a party to watch this, even mm. by myself, right? It's a great film to watch. But then also you have those moments of the writing where team up and fight Ming, which is only kind of a detractor. It's also a fun joke. Um, that's more than two sentences. I'm sorry. But uh, 80 out of 100 this time around. That's me. Okay. That's pretty fair. I mean, that's worlds higher than most people online or historically most people online. I mean, I really like this movie is the thing. This is uh I'm gonna overshoot that a little bit. I'm gonna say ninety out of one hundred. Wow. With the only caveat being see the writing I don't know, the writing is silly sometimes, but you kind of I don't know. That's why what, what I was saying earlier about, you know, you kind of age into being good again. I feel mm-hmm. like for me, there's like a little bit of pacing where like the movie like there's a few times where the movie drags a little bit. And I think if you could cut like 10 minutes out of this this cut like it would be so it would be perfect in my opinion i think that's uh i think that's very much right it does drag for a lot of it but then all of a sudden a lot happens at once so Mm -hmm. i think that's very astute thank you alexander well yeah thank you thank you to the fans we love you so much we've been seeing the outpouring on all the social media platforms Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. thank you so much please follow our patreon um, thank you all the do- donations. Thank you to our sponsors. And big thank you to Dwy for the use of our theme song, Party for One. Uh, you can find a link to it in the podcast description. Check them out on Spotify, iTunes. It's a fantastic song. They've also got incredible stuff uh, aside from this one as well. So be sure to check them out. And we will see you all next time. Hey, man.